Welcome to the Road to Black podcast, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting geese on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. So here we are, episode four. So we were just sitting here having. We're, so for the listeners, we'll just uh, preface. Usually before we hit record, we sit here and and do our own little uh, kind of just smoking and joking and and BSing a little bit. And uh, we were sitting here talking about the blue belt blues and uh, what it's like to kind of feel lost in your training. So um, before we started getting too crazy into that conversation, we went ahead and hit record. And so now uh, here here we are talking about the blue belt blues. Um, <laughs> yeah just something we can something all relate we can to. all relate to we've been we've all been there um everybody's been there and it happens really at every belt uh some sort of plateau i suppose would be a good kind of way to put it um but the blue belt blues man uh this is the phase where people kind of they I hate to say it, but they kind of weed out right here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you got to you got to push through. Yeah. So, um, when you got your blue belt, what was it like when you when you were? How long were you a white belt? And then what? What? How did you feel when you became a blue belt? Uh, at first, so I was a white belt for two or two and a half years. It took me a while to get through white belt. Um, mm-hmm. I got my blue belt. And it was, it was a major, it was an accomplishment. It is an accomplishment. You know, it's yeah. your first promotion. It's the first yeah, it's the first one. big promotion. Yeah. Um, it's really where you've started to display that you know the foundational techniques and you're ready to start kind of exploring out and branching out into um, jujitsu. So it was, yep. well it was a, it was, and it should be for everybody that gets your blue belt. It's a, it's an accomplishment, and um, and then once you get your blue belt, 
you go through a phase, at least I did, of imposter syndrome where uh, you worry and you you worry about if that belt is legit, if you're actually a blue belt, because what ends up happening at blue belt is um, you find out whether it's through competition or just training with your training partners that the skill level widens considerably. So now there's there's now four stripe blue belts or blue belts that are getting ready to be purple belts and then you have new blue belts and so that that's really right. the first time that you experience that vast, vast difference of uh of skill levels. So um I think that first phase of imposter syndrome and 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 <laughs> you get that blue belt and the gloves come off for the upper belts. Yep. So I was just thinking that uh, purple belts, senior blue belts, purple belts, brown belts, the gloves come off, and then yeah, but the white belts, the white belts. <laughs> that's what I was. <laughs> that's who you got to look out for. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. And then the yeah, you can't be losing no, at that point to yeah, a white belt. It happens. I mean, it happens, but it happens. You got to, you know, you you have the pressure, the pressure's on yep. at that point and you're feeling it. Because the white belts are coming after you hard. They're, they're, they're yeah, turning absolutely. it up because they're all trying to get their yep. blue belt too. So, for sure. uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, and then you stick around there for a minute and you hit your first plateau and, and that's really, that's where we're at this week. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that can be tough. That can be, and it can come at at different times in your belt, but it's it's something I think I've heard it all. You either push through at blue belt or you kind of, you know, I've seen a lot of people just fall out at that belt, and it's you know it's kind of known in jujitsu that that's a lot of people drop out at that belt, but I've personally seen it, so it's just it's just a struggle because. I think everything gets so much more technical when you move to purple belt. So you, there's a lot of expectation for that. Uh, absolutely. You know, and your game just has to be strong enough where you're chaining things together and um, you really, you develop a deeper understanding of jujitsu during this belt. And in terms of that, that's what I'm saying, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I felt. And you said it as we, as we opened it up, you know, we, you take it from learning the basics to, you know, now you're putting moves together, you're playing your own game, you're, you're familiar with all the different positions and guards, and there's just so much learning in this belt. And uh, it took me a while. I was a blue belt for two and a half years. So, and that's going consistently the whole time. And, but I grew, I felt, you know, I, I knew there was a, <laughs> I knew there was a, uh, you know, that, that was known about the blue belt and I definitely had some, some setbacks and some, you know, some phases where I wasn't feeling like I was advancing, but I've had that in every belt, you know, so blue belt was by far my hardest belt. I was a blue belt for five years. Um, and some of that is cause I, I moved gyms twice. So I got my blue belt. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably four months after I got my blue belt, I moved to a gym, um, 
I trained there for a couple years. That gym ended up closing. And so then uh, I moved to another gym. And anytime you move gyms, um, it's tough because you're getting your new training partners, all of that. But the, your coaches have to get to know you too and, and figure out mm-hmm. where you're at and, you know, what, who you are as a grappler. Totally. So then it kind of is a reset. So I was a blue belt for five years. And honestly, I think that was a really good thing for me. Um, yeah. It, there was a point where I got really frustrated because I was, I was, I was catching the purple belts consistently. And, mm-hmm. um, it was my training at that point during that frustrating time was very external driven. It was, um, very much about that. Oh yeah, dude, I'm catching purple belts. Like, you know, what is going really? on? So it was an, it was, there was an external, uh, motivator, I suppose that caused frustration and that, and I started, I got to that point, um, probably four years in and then, that frustration subsided and that's where I really, I felt like my game really took off because I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like it doesn't matter that I'm tapping upper belts. Somebody obviously doesn't think that I'm ready for it. And when they do, they'll, they will promote me. So, uh, that, mm-hmm. that really, that was the external motivation really, really got, uh, I learned I learned a very valuable lesson <laughs> during that because <Yeah. laughs> you put a lot of um, expectation. I put I put a lot of expectations on myself. Yeah, a lot of pressure, and I became very unhappy with uh, with where I was at, and and um, mm-hmm. and then once that went away, it was like it was like the the doors opened for me. Um, right. It's hard because uh, the promotions in jujitsu is it's somewhat subjective. I mean, it is subjective. It's based on what your your coaches and your, your professor thinks of your game and how hard you've been working. And there's a lot of factors that go into yeah. it, you know. Um, and that's c- completely dependent upon who's promoting you. I mean, every person we are all we're all different people, and we have different personalities. As does the coach and the professor, and different expectations they have at different gyms. So that's the other thing. It's like, you know, in, in that's kind of where you have to lose that part of it in terms of it's, if you're driven on results, which if you are, that can be a struggle because there is no, you know, do this, do this, do this, and you get yeah. your next belt. So that, that can be, that can be challenging. And it's always been challenging for me too, because there's really no hard, fast, you know, do this and then you'll get your next belt. So I'm always looking for that. Okay. Tell me what to do, mm-hmm. you know? So, but since it's subjective, you have to just think in terms of what, in my opinion, what, what does the blue belt mean in jujitsu, you know, and what do, what do the masters think it means? You can go and, you know, read articles on what people think of blue belts. What does your own professor think of what a blue belt should be in particular? And then you have to kind of hold yourself up to that value, you know, um, or, you know, if you're just, you're tapping all the purple belts and you're a blue belt, but you're tapping them all with the same exact move every class, 
and you've been doing that for the last year and a half, um, you know, how well-rounded is the rest of your game as a blue belt, you know? So you might get on a one track pace where you're thinking uh, results, results, I'm winning these competitions, but it could be other things, you know, are you a good teammate in the gym? I mean, that's can be part of how you advance in, in certain circles. So, um, you know, it's, I think when you have run in, but at least you discovered that. And once you, you know, kind of let it just go, Hey, I'm just going to be, I've always approached it. I'm just, you just want to keep continuing to learn, yeah. you know, and depending on someone's going to tell you what you should be doing within your belt. If you're a purple belt, these are the things, if no one's telling you, then, you know, you should ask, yeah. ask a coach, you know, I'm always talking to my coaches and, they have certain expectations and they'll point certain things out um, of what I shouldn't be doing or should be doing in this, at this stage. But also I've asked them, what should I be doing and not doing? Um, And they'll be happy to, you know, to share that information. So it's kind of a back and forth, you know, you have to have some interaction on, in my opinion, I mean, that's how I want to learn. I want some, someone to give me some kind of feedback so that I can improve or, you know, correct mistakes. So that that's a different way of looking at it, but because it's just one of those things, jujitsu, you can't just go in looking for belts because it just yeah. takes so lo- damn long. Well, as <laughs> it's, they just have to put in so much work. It's in, an incredible amount of work to, to get to that next yeah. level. I mean, you're talking hu- hundreds of classes and class time. And as I'm so. sitting here going through it, uh, you know, kind of walking thinking about that process that I was just talking about. And then you hit on something about like you're tapping all the purple belts, but uh, what does the rest of your game look like? And I think that was part of what my coaches were. I think that's what they were kind of pressing me to do is because they could see that it was still, mm-hmm. it was a, uh, I was really good at one aspect. I, I was a one trick pony. pony. I had a really good triangle and a and a really good guard. Yep. Um, I never played any. I didn't play a top game, which is now like a, a strong point for me, in my opinion. And so, um, you know, I was a one trick pony catching purple belts. But uh, at that point, it was still that I was tapping purple belts. It was not like yeah. oh. Um, man, and I was actually a purple belt that gave me a really good piece of advice. He just came in and he just crushed me. I mean, he, he put it, he put it to me and, um, then he, he, he clearly caused some frustration for me for, from the stuff that he was doing. I mean, it was, it was like brutal. Uh, he was like doing like putting his knee on my neck and like, really just, it was, oh it was bad. Um, <laughs> Man, what did I, I you know, deserve yeah. that? And but he's better stop tapping those. But what ended belts. up happening? He gave me at the end of it. He could see that I was clearly really frustrated, and he gave me a, some a really good set, a really good piece of advice. And he said, uh, "You know, I know that you you didn't like the stuff that I was doing, but honestly, as the as the levels get higher and higher, you need to start doing that to other people." And I was like. Oh man. So he kind of gave me the go ahead to explore almost my top game. 
Um, and right. he was like, you like, because it, it's very true. We talked a little bit last week about the windows being smaller and smaller and people being able to exploit those windows. But um, the, the thing is, is that you have to put pressure on people for a variety of reasons to one, to get them to respond the way that you want and also to control them. And so you take a really good blue belt who's maybe a one trick pony. Um, but then you need to watch out for his, you know, he's got one good thing. You need to watch out for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to control him to make sure he doesn't get into that game. And so that kind of just keeps going higher and higher to where, um, you can't be afraid to cause some discomfort in your training. And so he really, he really pushed me to, um, start opening up some new parts of my game that I think was really the doors that opened for me at blue belt that, that, that really allowed me to, to take that next step. So, um, but we've all been in those frustrating places. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, it is really for blue belts. Um, it's a, this is a important belt and, um, you know, if you stick it through, you'll, you'll really, uh, it really gets a lot more fun on the, on the later end of it. Yeah. I think you start, I think you need to, you got to focus on starting to explore your own game and setting different, you know, finding what you like to do in the blue belt stage, you know, um, you should have, like you said, you know, you have to work on your top and bottom game. You know, if you're at a reputable school, you're going to learn both, you know, both sides. So if you're learning both sides, you should be implementing that in your roles. You know, you can't just learn the lessons and go and, I mean, you can, but it's, it's valuable if you can implement what you're learning in class into your roles, obviously. Um, whether it's on that same day you're learning it, or, you know, if you're working on certain techniques for the week, try to get those in on the mat. You know, you can't, you can't just always fall back on your, you know, your, your clothes guard game. That's real secure for you. And you know, you're, you're safe there. So you got to kind of open it up a little bit at blue belt and explore some other positions. And, and I think that's what makes it fun too, you know, and you have to do that because you're to get into the higher belts. That's what's required. So, um, that is why it's the most difficult belt and because it's no joke. And, and, and at least the standard has been set in, kept there for years now hope you know still it's pretty standard that people know that blue is a tough belt so professors are you know across the board or they kind of have understanding what it takes to be a purple belt so that's good but it's a it's a huge challenge but once you break through that and you understand and and get to the purple belt well that means you're now you're just a more technical grappler you know and many people say that while you're in your purple belt, you're, you know, now I don't completely believe this, but that, you know, as much as a black belt, you know, it's just applying these things. You've learned as much as a black belt. Let's say, you know, you have learned a lot. If you're at a purple belt, you've learned hundreds of different lessons and classes and um, hundreds of hours on the mat. So, but there's still, it's still that fine tuning game, you know? I mean, yeah, you know a lot like a black belt, but the black belt's just been on the yeah. mats longer, you know? And that's what this is all about, as you know, 
you know, the more time you spend on the mat, um, the better you get if you're putting in the work and you're, you know, you just become more comfortable out there. So there's, there's the mental side, but there's also just the physical, the comfort of being in certain positions and the familiarity of those positions and that your body starts becoming familiar with being in different, uh, different positions. And, and that's more than just mental. It's, it's a physical feeling of just training so much. Yeah. It, it's a lot of pattern recognition. Um, you know that a specific sequence happens and some, something happens, it triggers, you know, X, Y, and Z in your brain. Um, and so then you take X, Y, and Z and it's like, how fast can you get to X, Y, and Z? The guy who you're going against also knows that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And he's sitting there like, how fast can I shut down X, Y, and Z? And it it really is your, the pattern recognition for both people gets a lot better. And it is about finding those, yes, finding exactly. those, um, how fast can you stop the pattern mm-hmm. from happening and advancing and how fast, or how fast can you, uh, recognize it and, and advance the position. So, um, right. I found uh, like during purple or during blue belt, I'm sorry, during blue belt, I went through this phase where, um, it seemed like it was a lot of, uh, I collected a whole bunch of techniques and I, uh, it seemed like I went through this thing where I was doing a lot of self-study, which is good. Um, and I was collecting a ton of different techniques. But then when it came to jujitsu time and putting them on the mats, it seemed like it was just like throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing like, how Hmm. can I try and make a sense of this, all these different techniques that I've accumulated over the past six months? Um, Did Hmm. you go anything through anything like that? Yes, exactly the same thing. Um you know what I started doing and, and I just, I started really focusing, like I kind of touched on before I focused on developing my game. So, and that, that doesn't mean it was super advanced. It just means I started picking different moves and stuff and just, I would hit them all the time. And I would just try to have one or two from each position that I was comfortable with. And you know, I'm not playing all these different guards or anything, but if the four or five guards that I end up in at least have, I started wanting to like add to my reference, you know, per se, what do I have in the toolbox in these positions? That's still the advice I give to lower belts now is, you know, you know, when you get into your purple belt, you should, in my opinion, you should know where you're going at that point. So if you're in a position, you should have some, something to do there. Um, that doesn't always happen in blue belt and definitely not white belt where, and because I see it all the time, someone will get a good position, but then they're kind of frozen in that position. And that's hard for all of us. I'm, I still, you know, you still try to recall your, that's what it's all about. And, and especially on stuff you're not doing all the time. So you're trying to recall it. That's what I do. I'm trying to recall in my mind. Okay. What, what did I learn here? When was this? And it, some, a lot of times you don't have that much time to do the recall, but at least you're thinking through those things. And in certain positions, you're going to have your go-tos by this belt, by the purple belt. So that's what you have to develop in the blue, in the blue belt stage. You know, you just got to start working on that. And that's kind of what I did is, um, 
you know, I was, I remember I started like towards the end of my blue belt, I was doing a lot of just like straight ankle locks. So I would just do those all the time. And then I had, you know, when I was on the top game, I had these certain things I was just doing all the time. So I just, throughout blue belt, I was just honing these things that I always, I always did. So I always had something in my toolbox from these positions. Does that make sense? You know, so that you're not trying to recall all the time because there's so many and that could be different for all of us, right? If you just choose one position, like a, you know, a, a close, close guard situation, you know, have a sweep or two, you know, that you, you need to, to set up, have a couple attacks from that. So you got to develop those and have those in your toolbox so that you're not always, because I still train with, I mean, I've trained with blue belts before where they're just still recalling things to do in very specific positions. And I'll just kind of let them play through that. And then there's not a lot there. So, you know, when you're purple belt, that has to come because the transitions are fast. I mean, it's a different different game. game. When you're training with a purple belt, yeah, there's like, there's no time to do that. Unless, you know, if you're flow rolling or you're just going through the movement. Yeah. But uh, somebody that's a fast technical purple belt that knows, you know, is a really good purple belt. It's, you're not going to have time to do those recalls. You have to start developing those and, and transitioning from uh, position to position. Yeah. I watched some uh, competition footage from, it, I think it was a blue belt. Um, and I think this guy had just got his blue belt and he asked for some feedback on this, on his, he lost the match. But he he swept the guy. He pulled Delahiva. He pulled guard. It was a good guard pull. Went right to Delahiva. Started working his sweeps. Um, swept the guy. And then you could see he got the sweep, and he settled the position. But you could see the look in his face of he didn't know where to go. He he worked so hard on yeah training the sweep, getting the sweep in competition. And that's a huge victory for that guy. He should be super proud mm-hmm. that he works so hard, but then that's the, for that guy. And that was my feedback. The next step for you is to starting to develop some, some positions from uh, all, all these different areas on having some, at least one or two go-to things. Um, exactly. So that when you get in competition, you're not, it's like, it, it's not, Oh crap! I like actually completed the thing that I trained, but now I right. have no clue where to go. Um, mm-hmm. which it's that's very, okay. It's absolutely, yep. I mean, that's what that's yep. what this is about. That you have to. You're going to be yep. there at Blue Belt. You just don't have the mat time to get that to to do all those other things. So you you have to become more cerebral. You know, I think that's what the message is in my opinion, you have to start thinking through these things more and you're challenge yourself. You know, if you're, if you're in that position and you have that sweep, be thinking ahead in your training and you're learning that if I do get this sweep, what's the next move? Yeah. That's where you want to be at purple belt is that you're pulling guard, De La Hiva sweep. You come up on the sweep. Now you're in a different position. You're in a top position. What's your next move? Transition that transition again into a submission. So you know, you have to start thinking at that level because you're not going to always learn that in the yeah. gym. You know, you're, you're not always going to learn these chained one and boom, boom, boom attacks. That's typically not how, at least at our gym, you don't get that deep of a chain. Um, 
but there's nothing to say as a blue belt. You're, if you're serious about this, go do it, do it yourself, set it up, you know, put, what's your pick a couple positions and then challenge yourself in the gym. Actually, when you're rolling to get in that exact guard, get that exact sweep, get up on that next, you know, come up on that sweep and get on the top and play your game there. Like these are things that maybe your coach isn't going to tell you to do, but you could do on your own and better your game for it. Um, these are the, you know, this is what you have to do at purple belt to get to that. I just remember the transitioning was big to get my purple belt. Like that was something I worked on with my coaches to get better at that exact thing where I have to recognize things faster. You have to switch, you know, switch up different guards. You know, that's, that's how I look at a purple belt that they can be a little bit more dynamic in that way. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, like you were saying, I mean, you don't get deep chains like that when you get to the higher stuff, but, um, even, you know, even setting up that that's where getting really good at flow rolling can be quite, mm-hmm. quite handy because you can on not very much resistance, um, you know, hit that same sweep, wind up in the same position and then work through that problem set under very low a uh, very r- low risk situation. Um, right. So that you're not completely caught off guard whenever you end up in mount or side control or whatever it yeah. is. The flow flowing is that's, that's perfect too. That's a great place to do that. Cause that's, that's what exact. you do when you flow, you're trying to, you're trying to go back and forth with that other person and kind of feeling what they're doing, let them hit a couple things there and then you're hitting the escape and back and forth. So I, I, I find more and more value with doing flow rolls, but I don't ever yeah. do them. <laughs> so, and everybody just always is ready to ready to rock on the mats, yeah. you know. So, but recently I've been with Professor doing some flow rolls just to warm up and stuff, and it's like, man, this is especially getting back into the gym um, recently. You know, we have a training. It's been we helpful. have another brown belt training partner who I really like uh, rolling with. And he does a lot of flow rolls. Uh, uh, you probably know who I am talking to, and hopefully he's listening. But he's a, a really fun. He's a really tall, lanky. Uh, plays a lot of collar sleeve stuff. Um, but he's he does a lot of flow rolling, and he's a lot of fun to train with because he's super technical and he's super under control. Um, but man, the some of the flow rolls that he and I have had have been. Um, you can get you can get into your headspace a lot and like really get into like mm-hmm. um, you could really get into the jujitsu of it without without yeah, for sure. like it being a an absolute battle. So you can really find right. It's more of it's a, cerebral. It's yeah. it's it's more of an uh, the yeah, graceful for art sure. And that and that you know it becomes more of that beautiful art flow versus the the fight yeah <laughs> of jujitsu sure. so they're both yeah. beautiful you know they're both different and great so yeah the uh do you man any advice for the blue belts who are feeling stuck besides yes. hand, besides <laughs> just stick it out just start wrist locking everyone <laughs> and <laughs> It'll create a stir one way or another. Okay. I mean, the, the advice is to, to, for me is to go talk to your coach, you know, or your professor. And that's, 
I, I mean, I think that you need to, you know, you need to, if you're having blues, it, it depends on what it is, right? Everyone's going to have a different situation. So one thing is for sure, if you're feeling stagnant, you should probably challenge yourself in some other way just to switch it up. So whether that's going to a different class, whether it's, um, you know, finding, I would, I would say, talk to your instructor, see what, ask them, you know, what, what, how is my game looking? What do I need to do at this point in my belt? You know, and you're not asking for a stripe. You're not asking for the next belt. You're just saying, am I doing everything? I want to, I want to open up my game a little bit. What do you think for my, for the way you see me rolling, what can I incorporate that will, you know, put another tool in my toolbox? What can I break out and do? Because at that belt, you don't, you really don't see those things. You know, you, you have to rely on your coaches and stuff to see them. And this is really apparent when you're watching white and blue belt people roll and competitors, they, their tool set isn't vast and isn't that big, let's say. Um, everyone's different, but, but also it's the being able to, to identify the different, uh, like being able to identify the different chains and what you should be doing. I I think that's just like the biggest thing I can hit home on is like, you have to expand your game. So you have to have knowledge in all the different areas, but also when you're a purple belt, you have to be starting to chain these things together. So you can't be stuck in one zone. Um, so, and you, and I, I'll go back to saying it, it's really just mat time. You got to get a lot of mat time in, but you got to put the effort in mentally, um, to work on these things because, you know, when I first let's let's say I was at a local tournament and I'm watching people compete when I'm when I'm a white belt or a blue belt and I'm standing next to my coach who who he's coaching all the team. He's coaching and he's literally identifying steps ahead. Like he'll you can watch somebody compete and identify this is what you should be doing. So he's yelling out this, this, and this. When you're a new grappler, I didn't I would look at that, I'm like, I didn't even what is he talking about? Like I didn't understand that. And that's because I just didn't have the visual. I didn't have the mat time and the experience going through all those moves where now as a brown belt, I can stand next to him. And and obviously I'm identifying those same things. Or if I'm watching people roll in class, um, saying in, in my mind, you know, this is what, okay, this, they should be going right here, right here, right here. Okay. They, oh, they did the perfect. They knew exactly what to do there. You know, you start identifying these things. So as a blue belt grappler, you have to be that person to do that for your own game. If that makes sense, like you have to start really understanding the positioning of of things cuz all the basics you should be ha- you sh- by purple belt you have to have yeah. all the basics. That's yeah. a no-brainer, you know. But so it's not only basics, but it's the different types of guards, how that's and obviously I don't promote people. So this is just my own personal opinion of what it takes to be a purple belt is to to you know, to have all those basics, to be able to transition from top to bottom um, and have a game from both sides. So if you're having blues and you're, you're struggling, you just got to know that everyone struggles at this belt. And there's a reason for that. So if you, if let's say you've been in the belt a long time and you're, you're struggling because oh, I think I should be promoted and you just think it's just been too long. Well, that's where you have to have a conversation if that's bothering you that much 
either with yourself, first of all, is kind of maybe examine yourself and examine your game, kind of stand outside your body and say, what am, what am I doing here in the gym? You know, in terms of a blue belt, but some people are just not going to know that they're not going to know what the value is for that particular school or professor of the belt versus this school, or they see this person on social media, got their blue belt, but I don't, you know, whatever. It's just, that's why I think the conversation has to happen. I mean, you have to, when you're learning anything, you have to have a conversation with your instructor on what the expectations are. So that doesn't mean that they have to say, oh, to get your purple belt, you have to do this, this, and this, but they can say, this is what you should be working on. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And you should be working on that. So you just work on it. And then you like you experience yourself, you have to forget about the the finish line because it's always it's it's going to creep up and you're going to get there. You're going to fail yep. forward as we yep. mentioned last week. So you're just going to keep going and keep doing it and eventually you'll you'll progress. And if you don't eventually progress, then there is definitely something that is on you and what you're doing that's holding you back. It's no, no one else, you know, maybe you've you've been mailing it in for the last two years at blue belt and you're not really, you're half assing it every time you're in the gym or you just come once a week or once every two weeks or a couple times every two weeks. And you think I've been coming for years, you know, that doesn't, you know, you got to kind of look to see how is your professor seeing your, um, commitment to jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, I think that introspection piece is big and 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 one like you said being able to take a step back and see the big picture, seeing looking at your game and looking at your jiu-jitsu um from a big picture standpoint and then um also figuring out what it is that is frustrating you or why you're really dialing in on why you're feeling stuck because there's there's something if you're feeling stuck there there's something mm-hmm. there and one like you were saying that is what your coach is there to help work through with you um your approach yeah. with the coach uh is should be a lot more about you feeling stuck and less about those external things that we talked about earlier um, so it's it should be more focused on uh, you feeling stuck and being able to give you the because he's seeing you from a your coach is seeing you from a different lens than than what you are, and right. which is really important because they're seeing you they're not only watching you grow and develop they're seeing how um, they're they're just seeing you from that outside perspective, and so that gives a lot of clarity. When somebody who is seeing you from an outside perspective is able to say, I think you need to be working conceptually on these things and can help dial you in. That's a hard conversation to have because for we've been so conditioned, I should probably say, we've been so conditioned not to talk about it. it, yeah, it it's, I, I know. It, it, that's why I say it shouldn't be focused on belt driven or external factors it needs to be no. focused on how do i get unstuck because we're yeah, con- exactly it's we're conditioned point. not to talk about promotions which is you know that's that's fine but it is it is your coach's job 
Like that's literally his job as a coach to look at you and to be able to coach you through those hard moments. And sometimes those conversations can be difficult and they can be really challenging. Yeah. So being able to um, have that conversation with your coach who is there to coach you through those moments uh, when you're feeling stuck, that's, that's a really important uh, conversation to have, but yeah. um, also really dialing in on yourself, giving yourself some, uh, having that conversation and why, you know, it could, because for some people it could be as much as feeling stuck because the end result is I can't be there consistently because I have life circumstances or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, that can definitely be a source of somebody I'm stuck because I can only come twice a week. Um, and so that's a problem set that you as a grappler can has has to kind of be able to uh, also important to talk to your coach about that because he can help give you some tips off the mats on how to pick up some extra pieces but right um also that frustration can get so bad that it'll make you want to it'll just it'll make you an- like think about man is this something I even want to do anymore you'll have that right. quitting uh thing in the back of your heads you know so being able to look at uh, whatever problem set, if it's a life thing, like outside life preventing you, well, then it comes down to uh, if this is something that is important to me, how can I work around whatever to accommodate? Exactly. You know, yeah. so there's just so it, many, so many factors. Yeah, absolutely. For, for each person, you know, it's it's just it's it's so different for everyone. So. We we're only talking in terms of our own experiences and our own academy vibes and our own friends and that's all we can talk to. But you know, someone might be getting burnt out because maybe they're not being challenged somewhere, or maybe they are in a smaller school where they don't have the maybe they don't have the instruction, the quality of instruction, or maybe they're you know. So there's just so many everyone's in different different shoes there but one thing remains the same is that is you have to develop a lot in jujitsu so if you're not going there on a routine basis it's just not gonna happen and i think that's probably why a lot of people drop out at that point in time you really have to push through you have to start you have to go a lot um consistently to get to that next belt and i think you know that too when you're training, you know, you're, if you've been training for two, three years, white belt, blue, you know, and you hear, well, you just see it. You see in the gym, you can see the purple belts and what, what it looks like to be a purple belt in terms of commitment. This person's always in class or in terms of technique, you know, they're learning all the time. They're, they're, you know, always on point, they're competing. So you see that as you're a white belt. Well, you know, you know, you look, when you, when you're first a white belt, you're like, Whoa, look at the, like, there's not many purple belts and there's even fewer brown belts. And then there's this black, you know, so it's like, you just know that there's not as many people in those levels, first of all. So that means it, the commitment, the people that have made it that far, their commitment is just above and beyond because that's what it takes. 
it's the long game. So you, you might think, Oh, I got three, four years in, in me of doing this routinely several times a week, getting beat up, grappling, like learning, beat up, learning, hurt all the time. But do you have seven years? Do you have nine, 12? Like that's what reality is. Like people that train jujitsu kind of forget because we're all in this world, but it's insane. Like that is an insane amount of dedication and commitment just to get to where I, I am at a brown yeah, belt training absolutely. eight years. I mean, that is, you can, we can all pat ourselves on the back. It's a huge accomplishment because we all know it's hard. It's very hard at times, you know, to, to pick yourself up and to get back in the gym and to get whatever it is, choked out, your arm barred, your hurt, your, your ego's battered and bruised. You're just, you keep coming back. And you, you, you become the person that, you know, nothing can bother you because you're just, you're here, you're training, you're skilled. I mean, just developing the skill alone is so rewarding, but it takes forever to develop that skill. And then you realize that it's going to take forever more because there's, it's infinite almost, I mean, to learn. And at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to give some tips and some insights on how to kind of break through some of those uh, rough rough patches, but at the end of the day, um, it it really is just keep showing up. Yep, exactly. It, 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 you know, keep it, showing up and put in put in the effort. And if if you need to talk to somebody, you talk to somebody. You know, you you know, or maybe you talk to a close friend or a training partner. Yeah. You know, and. And say, hey, did you know? Have you experienced this? This is what I'm experiencing. Um, I'll just say it right now. I'm. If anyone ever wanted to talk to me, I'm there for people. You know. So that's we're sitting here talking about it on a podcast. I mean, it's a common thing to do, but you just have to. It's like anything. You have to be committed, and you have to. It's not easy. Let's just put it that way. That's that's it's. This is hard to do. So there's a reason why there's not that many people getting to that purple belt level because if. So take that as a challenge. If you're training right now, take it as a challenge. You know, the, you're on, this belt is huge for you and it's, it's hard. Most of the people I talk to and my friends say it's the hardest belt they've went through. Um, but you know, your the reward is going to be your own skill set and your knowledge because you're going to need that number one when you're in the, the higher belts, but it's fun, you know? I mean, that's what we're doing here. We want to have fun. You start developing more moves. You have more more pieces on the board to play with, and it becomes this real fun game. And someday you're going to be that brown belt that's helping out that other blue belt with the blue belt blues, or yeah. you know, you're you're not. Maybe you're a blue belt that's just getting thrashed all the time by upper belts. Well, guess what? That's what happens. You know, so. You just have to get through that and know that, hey, when I'm skilled enough, I'm not going to be thrashed like this. And two, I'm going to do the thrashing. Yeah. You know, and that other person's going to have to learn how to defend and, and I'll, I'll be the dominant one in this position. If, if that's your, you know, your hang up, whatever it is. But um, just being the, you know, getting through the, that, that blue belt. I have a good experience with that because. Um, it, I, maybe it's unique. Maybe it isn't these days, but I've always trained in the same school 
So, and I never took like an inter, like a intro class. So my whole experience as a white belt and blue belt was, especially my first three years, you know, as a white belt and into the blue belt, I was always like the lowest belt in the class. So I just had to, I was just always getting just thrashed, you know? And we had a white, uh, like a, a beginner class later in the day, I think, but I just never went to there. And a couple of my training partners, um, would tell me and one in particular i remember the conversation but he was like you need to go to the white belt class tonight and just thra- you know beat up on some people <laughs> because i was in that mode where i was just like that was my whole existence and he was like that's the beauty of like when it's an all white belt class or an all beginner class is here you are you're three four stripe white belt whatever i was but I was still getting my handed on the mats. I mean, yeah. I'm a white belt. And every, I was literally, there was only, I think, two or three in the little crew that trained early in the morning. There wasn't many white belts at the time. So there was only a few of us. So I was used to always just being the lower belt. So I can speak from experience is that you got to just keep going through that blue belt and, and little wins. You know, you take home those little wins like we spoke about before it's you got to tighten up your game if you're getting beat up by this specific person every time or they're getting you in this position make it a little a statement i'm not going to get my back taken by that person or i will not be arm barred by him anymore (laughs) you know i've been in those positions where you just have to put your foot down at some time and then you'll learn that defense or escape and stop putting yourself there that's a win you know so now you now that's that's an advancement you just learn something and there's a lot of those in that belt so that's kind of what it's all about is you're transitioning into a higher belt where you have more skill than the majority of people on the mat i mean let's face it most there's a lot of white and blue belts on the mats in in mixed classes and i mean a lot of times especially in the last year or two there's been so many people joining jujitsu um a lot of new people training so Many people are going to experience this. Um, just got to pressure and move on. Yeah, more than anything, I want to like normalize. I want to like let everybody know. I want to normalize as many of these experiences as possible because we've all been through them. And, um, you know, the, the, they're pretty the, normal. They're very, they're pretty very normal. normal. <laughs> they're very normal. And, um, you know, if you're a if you're a blue belt and you're starting to hit that first plateau, that's very normal. If you're a white belt and you're showing up and you're six months into your jujitsu career and you're sitting there and you're rolling with somebody and you're still getting frustrated because you can't like literally you're in the situation in the scenario that you learned no more than five minutes ago and you can't recall the content you can't recall the moves of the day that that those are all normal things and that's why yes uh you know those are you are you know you're learning new skills and new movement patterns everything is brand new and it takes um uh, those those connections just aren't strong they're just not strong yet no. And the more that you use them and the more you go through those um the more that you go through those same scenarios that's where the pattern recognition 
gets a lot better because you've mm-hmm. gone through them so many times. It's just like, oh, right. I know this. I'm going to half guard. I know this. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the underhook. I know this. I'm going right to the back. You know, like. But when you're in when you're when you're very in the very beginning of the learning phase where you're just being presented all this new information, all these new positions, you don't know how to shrimp. That is a very foreign concept to people. Uh, the warm ups are all new, probably coming off the couch for the for, you know, um, you know, w- w- you know, whatever, whatever your lifestyle situation was previously. Um, all, these are all normal scenarios to be in as far as what what's happening and it all gets better with time and dedication to mm-hmm. just just sticking to the program and and just just keep showing up and yeah. you know eventually for if you're feeling plateaued as a blue belt if you keep showing up maybe you pick a new a new guard or you pick something you want to work on, whatever it is, even if you don't, you're still going to eventually bust through that plateau. And it's, you're going to, you're going to hit one of those big growth spurts again. And you're going to feel like, Oh man, this is great. Like I, I feel like everything is hitting on all cylinders right now. Like I'm really growing and, and it all comes down to just, just, keep showing up yeah just don't don't quit and have some fun i guess that would be the takeaway is put the fun back in it i've seen that so many times people take themselves too seriously or take this whole thing too seriously and they're worried about getting promoted and i think you might be doing it for the wrong reasons at that point you know it's like you know we kind of laid out some things here you can do to for me you know i think the mat time is the biggest thing but you also have to really put some effort, some additional effort mentally into your game. You know, no one's going to do it for you. You can learn the moves of the day, but you have to start thinking about what positions you like and start being comfortable in several different positions. And it's only, only you can kind of determine which moves you're going to go to in live rolling. You know, your coach really doesn't do that. They just teach you a bunch of different things and you have to put, put those in in play so start developing that and have fun while you're doing it it's going to take a long time but you know this is when you're building up that tool that toolbox you're you're just adding all these different techniques in there put a lot of them in there put the ones that you're going to use and the ones you're familiar with and have some from different positions and even positions that you might not get into you know make sure that you're not caught off guard like that competitor you watched once they did the sweep you know um but start building that one or two from each position. This is just my opinion. And then, you know, as you're transitioning into the purple belt, that's when you'll start trans- making transitions from these positions and start chaining things together um, because you're going to have to do that when you're in the upper belt because it's, it's oftentimes the first thing doesn't work. Well, bud? Man. These things I'm glad I'm quick. not a blue belt anymore. Yeah, same, dude. same we've got our own (laughs) but uh, you know yeah we'll get the purple belt next that's that's got its own challenges it definitely does it's all it's all fun though i mean you got to have fun with it that's kind of where i was going with you know it's it's all depends on your situation you know if you can 
have fun while you're learning. Just know that it's going to take a long time and be comfortable with that and put yourself in the best position, the best school, the best group of people you can for the ride along the way. And that's what it's all about anyway. Um, just having fun and making friends and training and getting better with, with each other and pushing people and that's kind of the best setup and that's where the, the the schools that thrive, that's kind of the environment they create. So everybody feeds off one another and hopefully you have that out there. And if not, maybe you can, if you're just starting out, try to find a nice place like that and it's a good environment to learn. And then you just got to put in the work. Yep. Yep. Depressurize it and um, keep pushing forward. So for the blue belts out there, hope this was a helpful helpful uh, podcast all right blue belts we'll see you next week thanks for listening to this episode of the road to black podcast once again please support our sponsors the bjj physio contact wes he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game take it to the next level therapy performance the bjj physio also roll union jiu-jitsu Check out the latest styles, jujitsu, casual wear, training gear. Check them out, rollunion.com. Follow on Instagram, at rollunion. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.